Welcome to Freya's Fairy Tales, where we believe fairy tales are both stories we enjoyed as children and something that we can achieve ourselves. Each week, we will talk to authors about their favorite fairy tales when they were kids and their adventure to holding their very own fairy tale in their hands. At the end of each episode, we will finish off with a fairy tale or short story read as close to the original author's version as possible. I am your host, Freya Victoria. I'm an audiobook narrator that loves reading fairy tales, novels, and bringing stories to life through narration. I am also fascinated by talking to authors and learning about their why and how for creating their stories. We have included all of the links for today's author and our show in the show notes. Be sure to check out our website and sign up for our newsletter for the latest on the podcast. Today is part two of two, where we are talking to April Berry about her novels. After today, you will have learned about being romantic at heart, why we are all into darker stories based on the stories we liked as kids, writing since she was young, getting published as a child, losing all your work and using it as a sign you're not meant to write, later realizing you're not too old to start publishing, why you should not use people that you know to edit your book, being surprised by narrator response, self-publishing to make things move along faster, and making friends with other authors. Stroked. The Club Series Book 2. Can a stroke of fate change two lives forever? Amy thought she had it all. An amazing best friend, her dream job, and a never-ending supply of beautiful one-night stands. No complications, no drama, and no questioning of her hard limits. Was she living her best life? Hell yeah, she was. Until her best friend blindsided Amy by getting engaged and moving out. Then an exotic stranger leaves her awestruck, sending all her rules right out the window. Working in a male-dominated field made giving up a personal life and hiding her true self under the guise of finding success easy for Valentina. She focused on getting her clients onto the scene, and not being seen. Her calculated meetups and secret rendezvous allowed her to stay under the radar of her traditional parents. But when a chance encounter turns into something much more, will she be able to keep up the act? When pasts are revealed and secrets are threatened, can their impenetrable walls be torn down? Or will they find themselves unable to break through? But, so um, how did you go about getting the audiobook made? Oh, well, so that was a bit of a process. Like, um, and it, so Served was published in, in print and ebook in August of 2021. Okay. So it's been well over a year. Um, and towards the end of last year, like I listened to a lot of audiobooks. Most of the books that I talk about on social media or do reviews for and stuff are, I've listened to them because I'm busy. I work um, and I have kids, one who's in marching band and indoor percussion. And that in itself is a full-time job. <laughs> um, and then, you know, I have another one in middle school and it's always like a revolving door around here. Mm-hmm. And I somehow am like the taxi mom, which I'm fine with, you know, as long as everybody's having a good time and they have friends and stuff and stuff to do, that's cool. And then my husband works um, and I try to make sure like I cook dinner and keep up with the house and all of this stuff. So um, the only way I can really read books most of the time is if I can listen to them. So, mm-hmm. and I spend so much time in the car so audiobooks for the win, right? right? So I love audiobooks. And so it was kind of this thing like, 
but it's one of those things. It's just like writing the book. I kept thinking this is something that's really far out of my reach. I'm never going to be able to do it. It's so expensive. Nobody's going to want to work with me anyway, blah, blah, blah. Like I totally Uh kept talking myself out of it. And then I had this like meltdown one day for lack of a better term. And I went on TikTok and I was like, this is so frustrating because at that point I had several books out and I had so many people that always would say, is this available on audio? And Mm -hmm. I always had to do that. I'm sorry. No, it's not, you know, bear with me, blah, blah. And they were like, sorry, I only listen to audio books, you know, and I was like, (laughs) listen, I get it. I get it. But so it was making me really sad. And thing is, is I love audiobooks myself. So it was definitely something that I wanted, but Mm -hmm. I really didn't understand enough about it. So I go on TikTok, which I do not advise anybody to go on TikTok when you're feeling some kind of way about anything, you know, that's like (laughs) the worst thing you can do. But I went on there and I didn't cry or anything, but I went on there and I was like, I said, this is so frustrating. Like I love audiobooks so much and I have so many readers who ask me for them, but I don't know what to do. I can't afford that. Like I've looked into some of the pricing and holy shenanigans, like, and I said, and yes, I know there's such a thing as royalty share, but who the hell's going to want to work with me? I'm a nobody. Well, apparently I'm not a nobody because my inbox got flooded after that. Um, <laughs> and I was like, wow, what just happened? You know? Um, and so I had a ton of people reach out to me, like, give me, give me a snippet of the book and I'll send you an audition. And I was like, Okay. Um, (laughs) so, um, and I got some really great ones. Um, but there was this one that really stood out to me and I love her so much. And, um, so Eliza Summers duetted my video, um, Uh because somebody had tagged her. So she, or she stitched my video and she was so kind in the response and she gave a lot of very good information But then she also went on to say, and this was like a day afterwards too. um, And in listening to her talk, it was because she was researching me. Um, She saw my video when she was tagged, but she researched me and my books a little bit before she responded. And so Uh she went on to talk. She read all the reviews. She read the look inside. um, And she mentioned that she really liked the concept of the stories and saw that it was a series and um, was very interested. And she loved that people were relating so much to the characters. Um, And she said, I would love to do an audition for you, um, but I wish you the best in whatever you end up doing or whoever Uh you go with. Um, And so of course, like I reached out to her and I said, that's really cool that you um, actually looked at the book before you responded. Uh And so she sent me an audition and in the email, um, she actually said, and she sent it back super fast too. And she said, if you don't like this, tell me how you want it to sound and I'll redo it as many times as you want. And I was like, interesting. (laughs) She's really into this, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And I, and I listened to the ones that had sent and I told her, I was like, I have several that I need to review and a couple I'm waiting on. So I, I want to be fair to everybody, Uh but like there was this little voice in my head that was like, she's the one though. I know she's the one, but I really (laughs) didn't want to be fair. So I did listen to all of them. 
And, you know, I got back to those folks and told them, you know, I really appreciate your time. And I'll definitely like, I have way more books than this. So, right. um, you know, this, this is not a no forever. This is a no for this one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I spoke with Eliza um, and like we spoke on the phone in detail about the process and um, the royalty share thing. And um, she agreed to do my series. Um, and that, that for me, I was like, yes, because, and she said that she would do any accents, any, um, however I wanted it to sound, she would make it happen. And I was like, yeah, you're my person. So that's how, <laughs> that's how I got her. And so, um, and she did such an amazing job and there, there weren't a whole lot of things that I asked her to change up front. Um, but that's how I got that. And the second book of that series we've already submitted the final product to ACX and, you know, they take like 10 days or whatever. (laughs) So we're just, we're waiting. I was hoping it would be done before this podcast, but by the time this airs, it'll probably be be available. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think this, this will be airing in, in like late February, (laughs) I think. So it should be live by then. (laughs) Stroke will be live because, um, if it is just the 10, if it's the 10 full days, it'll be published on audible before the end of this coming week. And today is the 14th of January. So Mm -hmm. by then, by the time people are listening to this stroke will be available on audio as well. Um, and she's already working on book three now because she's done with book two. And so she said, um, she kind of wanted to rapid fire from one to the next and kind of mm-hmm. get this out of the way, which I'm excited about too, because we have some marketing plans set once all three books are mm-hmm. available on all forms. So, um, super exciting. Um, yeah, and I- like she messaged, she messaged me last night cause she's doing, um, <laughs> she's doing her prep, like where you go through and highlight the colors for the different voices or whatever, mm-hmm. you know? I don't know what's called. You're a narrator. You know what's I don't do it that way. The colors distract me. Um, but I do go through and like I keep like a spreadsheet of like what like she's like doing each the prep chapter. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she everybody does it different. It's whatever makes sense to you to sort it out oh, while I, you're I narrating. Told her, like <laughs> she was asking me some questions one time and I was like, listen, man, this is your show. I was like, I just wrote the book. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. You do whatever makes you happy. I was like, you're the star of the show now. So, uh, you know, I mean, that's, I give you that's like, I tell people this all the time. I'm like, you are not, and this applies to like narrators, um, I tell new narrators this. I'm like, you are not auditioning. Like, you are auditioning to hopefully fit the voice that was in that author's head while they wrote the book. If you yeah. get rejected, that, I mean, it may very well be that you're awful. I mean, that could be the case. But <laughs> most of the time, it's just you don't match what they wanted for that audiobook. And that's okay. Keep auditioning. Mm-hmm. If you have a very fluffy, fruity, voice you're probably not going to be a good dark <laughs> narrator yeah <laughs> on the other side if you're a you know a very gruff growly voice you're probably not going to be a good sweet romance <laughs> narrator like yeah it's well it's that's all... the thing i loved about eliza um she's got some range mm-hmm. I, I have a i have a very wide cast of characters and um and it is contemporary with dual points of view 
Um, in book one, it's it's a male female romance, um, and she did all of the book. And um, I had so many people who said that they were they went in a little timid think because they're used to the dual um, yeah, narrators for that. But yeah. I was like, oh, listen, like again, that costs <laughs> a lot of money. So yeah, um, I went with Eliza. <laughs> And they said, well, I was really pleasantly surprised because even though she narrated the whole thing, like it didn't take away from Jason and his growliness, you know? And I was mm-hmm. like, oh no, she got the growliness in there for sure. Yeah. So that's like um, the biggest she, complaint that I've had is doing dual because it was a royalty share and people being like, I wish it had been a guy. And I'm like, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, <laughs> sorry, I'm not and, a guy. And, I, and she knew. <laughs> and I told her going in, I said, listen, I listened to a ton of these um contemporary romance books and a lot of them do have dual narrators and you we might get some reviews that Uh say something like oh I wish it was a man and a woman you know and I said and that's it's gonna happen I said and that's the thing it's you know reviews or opinions and preferences Uh you know and it doesn't mean that you're not amazing and she was like I love that you try to pump me up and I'm totally (laughs) fine you know and I'm like I'm just trying to prepare you because people can be mean you know Um, but, but so far, I mean, we've been, um, we've had a lot of really good feedback. Um, people love it. Even people who read the book, listened to it and just loved the whole experience from her. Um, and when I was listening back on book two, I was blown away because we have some people with some very different accents in book two. Um, and she, it was amazing. I was like, how did you carry this on for half of the book? Because, um, <laughs> <laughs> so it was just, um, because one of the characters is Brazilian, but she grew up in the United States. So she has a very subtle accent, but the mother of that character has a much heavier accent mm-hmm. and she plays a pretty big part in the book. And so you have like your Southern girl, Amy, um, and then you have uh, this woman with a very slight Portuguese accent and then another woman with a pretty heavy Portuguese accent. And Eliza just didn't miss a beat. And I was like, how did you do this? And Eliza, by the way, is she lives in the Pacific Northwest and like she has um, like Honduran background. So she's not a Southern gal. I think <laughs> it's so- insane how like Paige... Um, Reisenfeld, she picks up accents insanely fast. I'm like, I'm doing an audiobook right now where I have to do the bad guy is British. And I'm like, it is somewhat, I'm like, I gave the author options. I'm like, we can either just make him a total dick and here's what that voice would sound like, or we can be slightly fancy, but it is definitely not perfect British. Here's that option. (laughs) Like, here's your choices. (laughs) Which do you prefer kind of situation? Um, Because I am definitely not good at picking up accents. <laughs> yeah, Paige is amazing. Uh, and like uh, that, that's the thing. So it, it really was, I had so many really amazing narrators submit, um, you know, their little auditions for me, which all were around like five minutes or so. Mm-hmm. It was really hard. And kind of one of the tiebreakers was the fact that, you know, because Eliza was amazing, but so were the other people. And I mean, it really mm-hmm. made it tough. But what what I really went for her with is because she went through my reviews. She looked mm-hmm. at the read through. Um, and she was like, I'll do this as many times as you want me to. Yeah. You know, so I was like, the fact, like, she really seemed like she wanted to work with me. And then even mm-hmm. when we spoke, 
we got along really well. And I was like, if you do royalty share, especially you're in cahoots with this person for at least seven years, you know, um, it's not like you pay them and they're done. Um, so I was like, I really need to have a decent working relationship with somebody. Mm-hmm. And we got along really well. And now it's not just our working relationship, but we've become friends. Um, mm-hmm. And so that was also kind of a selling point for me. Um, just knowing that and like the fact that she was willing to do the whole series and take a chance on me because like I've you know like I said my books my first book's been out a little over a year so I still consider myself a baby author I might Mm -hmm. have 10 books but right (laughs) but I haven't been doing this very long you know right I don't think the amount of books you have is what really sets you into that into the more seasoned role like I'm still out here like, you know, trying to figure this out as I go. So Mm -hmm. the fact that she was willing to take that plunge with me and commit to those three books, I was like, sold, you know? Um, Yeah. I had a similar, um, Amberly Henning had, I don't remember if she commented on one of my videos or I commented on one of hers talking about audiobooks. Um, and she was like, you know, I would love to, but like, I'm poor. I don't, I can't afford an audiobook. And I was like, listen, I'd do it for royalty share because like you're on constantly on tiktok promoting and talking about and doing all this crazy stuff which <laughs> like hello that's helps sell books um so with well, her that's, yeah that's another conversation that eliza and i had was we both putting in try to be active yeah 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 so like for her she puts it up for audition on she actually went through acx she didn't do it through email um but she puts it up and she actually she was shocked that she had more than just me audition for it and then it came down to me and one other girl. And, like, I'm talking to her, her the whole time because, like, I said, you know, you don't have to give it to me. You can listen to other – just because I'm the one here on TikTok talking to you does not mean you have <laughs> to give me this audiobook. Like, pick the person that's perfect for your book. Like, if that's not me, that's okay. <laughs> so she has it down to, like, me and one other person. And I'm, like, you know, messaging back and forth with her. And she's, like, you know, this girl's taking forever to get back to me to answer my questions and, like, all of this. And I'm, like, you know, that is – are you okay with it taking forever to get responses back? Or do you want someone who's essentially glued to their phone all the time and is going to answer within probably 10, 15 (laughs) minutes? So I'm like, you know, that's, that's something to take into consideration too, because you know, Mm -hmm. is that okay with you or is that not okay with you? And so long story short, I am narrating her books, but (laughs) it's. Which that's the thing. I mean, like, and I'm hoping like, hopefully some narrators were here this too, but it, it is. It's it's more than just the sound of your voice and can you pull off these characters? Um, you know, which the thing is too, I think, especially me going in, that was my initial thought was nobody's gonna want to do royalty share with me. And then the fact that people were like throwing themselves at me, I was like, wow. <laughs> but the same thing, like I had people that they were really eager to get it but they were kind of slow getting it back to me or mm-hmm. then even they got it back to me and I would respond to them and say, I really loved it, but I'm listening to a few others. And they took a while to get back to me on that. And I'm like, okay. So and those are things that I noticed. Like if we're eager to work on a project and I get like, and that's the thing royalty share, you guys are taking such a huge risk with us. Um, But at the end of the day, like, again, it's still a working relationship Mm -hmm. um, and you guys are going to be in it together for a very long time. So 
if I don't think that you're excited about the project, I'm not going to choose you, especially when I have other options, you know? Right. Um, and I have no problem taking a risk on somebody who doesn't have much of a portfolio if they have a really good work ethic, if they get along with me and if they're excited about my project, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, because Eliza didn't have a ton of romance under her belt. Um, she got an award for a sci-fi book that she did. So it's the <laughs> sci-fi, like I can't use that really to advertise too much. Like I, I of course now I've been touting like my narrator is award-winning. So, but um, <laughs> I but, have authors know. that are like, my narrator has podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, we're, we get really possessive about our people that, cause seriously, I was like, that's my narrator. But, uh, but you know what I mean? Like, I can say that, but then people always are like, oh, well, what book was that? You know, and I'm like, well, it was a sci-fi book. For me, probably the most exciting thing beyond like landing fantastic books. Like I started when I started narrating fiction because I started out where all I would land is nonfiction. And when I listen back to my old nonfiction and my early like fiction podcast books, I'm like, yeah, my narrating was not the best back then <laughs> but I'm like hey you know I improved quickly so that's good um but when I like look back at that like the first audiobook that I like really remember was the first one that had my name on the audiobook cover and that was just like I, I like turned to my husband and I'm like they put my name on it <laughs> <laughs> oh well here's me completely failing Eliza so when Surf was published like I had the cover done to match my cover you know and I didn't have her name put on it so I and then I started looking I was looking through audiobooks one day to listen to something in the car and I kept seeing the names of the narrators on all mm -hmm. the books and I messaged her and I was like I'm such a you know, and she's like, what are you talking about? Because I, listen, I hit her with weird texts out of the blue sometimes. Like, and I always tell her, I'm like, you're stuck with me now. You've already accepted the contract. But um, <laughs> I have one author so, that's like, how can I get you locked into all of my books? And I'm like, dude, write faster. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> but so I messaged her that out of the blue and she was like, I don't think that's true, but what are you talking about? And I was like, I didn't even put your name on the cover why didn't you say anything and she was like I don't know it's not a big deal and I was like yes it is I was like <laughs> it's okay to tell me that that's not okay so I had that uh, cover fixed and then so going forward they all have her name on there mm -hmm. um because I was like wow I'm such a jerk I can't because I'm like I just am so quick usually to just go by book and I just I don't really pay attention to all of that stuff as an as a consumer I just want to listen you know right but, um I feel awkward asking I guess... like I've never asked anyone to do that like it's just happened I feel I would feel well, weird being thing. like she put said, my name on she... it <laughs> but that's the thing she was like well I it's your book I didn't want to tell you what to do and I'm like right. but you're the narrator as like and I told you like this is my first rodeo I don't know anything like you have to hold my hand through this because I don't know and like so when I emailed my designer to like just to convert it for me I because, you know, they just took my ebook and converted it to the appropriate Audible file, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and that's all I told them to do. Um, and I was like, I didn't even think to put you on there, but I love you. I was like, I can't believe I, you know, I just, I didn't even think about it because it's not something I've ever had to do. Mm -hmm. So now I know lesson learned and I did, I corrected the first one and I've already got that one put up. 
but I made sure the second one, like I didn't, we couldn't hit the button until I had it right. So, <laughs> uh, cause I was like, I'm such a jerk. I can't believe you didn't say anything. And she was like, it's your book though. And I'm like, but you narrated it. So this product is also yours now. Like yeah. my ebook and plus my the royalty share part. It's definitely like we're well, in a commitment for seven years. <laughs> that's the thing. I was like, um, you know, I said my ebook, obviously, that is my prop. That's mine. Uh-huh. But this audiobook, that's your voice. Okay. I was like, you read my book. So this is ours now. Like it's not mine anymore. This is ours. So you you have to be able to tell me if I did if I did a boo-boo, like it's okay. Like, and I was like, trust me, I've had reviewers tearing me apart. So you telling me to put your name on the book is not gonna upset <laughs> me, you know? Like, <laughs> So like I could take it, but, um, so yeah. And that's just that, you know, but and she's so sweet and that's the thing. And she keeps saying like, um, if I'm like, you know, Eliza totally killed it. This story is amazing because of her. And then you'll see her always say, well, you're the one who wrote it. I'm like, yeah, it didn't sound as cool when I wrote it as when you read it, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's so like, what it's a great love fest between two of us. <laughs> so what are some like pieces so you you still call yourself a baby author but clearly 10 11 mm. books published you've learned <laughs> something along the way what are some pieces of advice you would give to either someone like starting out or someone trying to figure out how to keep going what are some things that have helped you well I mean so I'm not really big on advice because I okay tips and tricks I, then <laughs> I don't feel like I know anything. I still don't feel like I know anything, but I know what works for me. Um, I don't write to market, which is probably some of the worst advice you'll ever get in your life. If you really want to make a ton of money fast, which it's not just as easy as writing to market, but if you can learn to write to market, it's more profitable. Uh Um, But I can't do that. Um, I don't even plot. So um, I write the stories that I want to write when I want to write them. And, um, you know, it's, it, it's a lot easier to write a story that you want to write versus what you think you need to write. Uh-huh. Um, don't get hung up on word counts. Um, I mean, you know, every genre has some basic guidelines, but again, you don't have to write a hundred thousand words for a story to be good. Um, what matters is, can you hit somebody in the feels, whatever feels that may be. If you're a horror writer, did you scare the crap out of them? Um, <laughs> you know, like, um, if you're a romance writer, did, did they get warm and fuzzies? Um, you know what I mean? Like if you're, if you, if you say you write rom-coms, did they chuckle a little bit, you know? Uh-huh. Um, so it just focus on that, at least at first. Um, I think the more you write, Right, the easier it becomes to start writing popular tropes and things like that, you know, but uh-huh. in the beginning, just write the stories that you want to write. Don't get hung up about word counts and tropes and genres and all of that stuff. You'll figure all of that out later, you know? Well, and the reality is say, a lot of that comes back around eventually. So like yeah. if what you're writing now isn't popular now in five years, it might be the most popular thing ever. Well, and that's something, um, you know, I went the self-publishing route because I like to move fast. Um, and so, and trad publishing, even a process of getting an agent can be months to years. Uh-huh. And then it's months to years to get, um, a contract with a, with a house. Uh-huh. Um, and 
I wanted my parents to be alive to see my name on a cover of a book. Mm-hmm. So I was like, that's not, that's not going to work for me. Um, I need to go ahead and just move along. Plus I don't really like being told what to do. So I don't think working with a trad house would really work out for me. I'm also a little bit like, and I do the same thing for like, I'm like eventually a advertiser will reach out to make podcast money. Um, But I'm like, for like trad publishing stuff, I'm like, would I say no if an agent reached out to me? No, I'm not going to say no. But also like, I don't want to go through the demoralizing process of sending all these emails to be rejected all this time. I'm like, no, I'm going to write my books. I'm going to publish my books. And if someone wants to take that on for themselves down the road, they can. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, that's, I mean, and that's the thing. And you see it all the time. Like I've seen several indie authors get contracts after they were published. Like, Mm -hmm. Like a publishing house will reach out to them and there's the, it's the Cinderella story that we all think that would be so cool. But, um, but even then, like, I still, they would have to come at me with a pretty good sum of money. Now, right. That being said, I would sell rights for it to be made into a movie or a show. Really? There's no way you can do that yourself. I mean, you're not going to do that yourself. (laughs) So, um, and but like selling rights to my books itself, that would that would take a pretty good chunk because even then, like you, there's so many rules and things that go into those contracts. It's not like you just sign and you get a check and then you're done. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it would take a pretty big sum for that. But I would sell the rights if anybody from Netflix is listening. Uh, <laughs> so. Netflix, Hulu, major but, TV uh, network. <laughs> but and um. Outside of that, though, I mean, and make friends with other authors. That's probably one of the biggest things. Um, And I know it's hard to weed through and find people that you can trust and people like you. And um, it's just like making friends in real life. You know, Um, it's it can be really hard and daunting sometimes. But, you know, if you can find a good tribe around you that understands what you're going through, what you're working on and can help you, um, it's really beneficial um, and you're, you're going to get a lot further if you're working with authors than constantly pitting yourself against other authors. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I, I've seen, <laughs> I, I see, I've seen some really interesting things from authors on like social media, talking bad about other authors or giving bad reviews or, uh, just, just some weird shenanigans. And I'm like, Okay, good luck. Good luck. Because I would never have been as far as I am without the help and encouragement of some more seasoned authors um, that were just kind enough to talk to me and um, give me some advice and, um, you know, throw throw me a link to some interesting stuff that I should know about here and there. Um, a lot of the anthologies, well, all of the anthologies I did last year were because um, Sky Turner was like, you need to put your name in there for this. You need to do this. Like you, this will help you find some new readers. Um, like she was super cool about putting me on things that could uh, further me. Um, mm-hmm. I, one of the book signings I went to was because she sent me the link and said, I know this is out of state for you, but it might be really good for you to go to, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so she helped me a lot. And uh, Rebecca Hefner, 
Um, I started out as a fangirl of hers and now <laughs> we've kind of become friends. Like I wrote a book based on her, one of my rom-coms. Um, my main male, my main female character is based off of Rebecca Hefner. Um, <laughs> and thank God she's a good sport with a sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, but I really like she, she has helped me a lot um, behind the scenes with a lot of business and things. And it's funny because she's a wide author and I'm KU, you uh-huh. know, so um, e- even though we have different paths, she's still been very beneficial and helpful for me. And she's also very encouraging. Um, and without having uh, ladies like them, I don't know <laughs> where I would be. Uh-huh. Um, so I don't know. I would say definitely try to make some friends and find your little tribe. Um, and that's where all of my beta readers are now. And that's how we became friends. Like when I was in the process of finding beta readers who were not my friends and family, like my existing friends and family, you know, Uh um, after you read with somebody a few times, you know, you kind of lean on each other and now it's like our little circle. So when they need a beta read, I read for them and vice versa, which they're always complaining because they're like, can you stop publishing so many books, please? please (laughs) (laughs) But, um, you know, we read for each other now and, you know, you get to know people and then you form that bond. So I always say like, don't have people who are friends beta read for you, but it's like, we're friends now, but we weren't when we started, you know? Um, But you form bonds and you become friends. And now like you have somebody to talk shop with and throw ideas around with. So it's, Uh it's been, it's been really beneficial to the whole process. Um, And like, seriously, don't try to edit your book by yourself. Like, even if you have pro writing aid or Grammarly or whatever, those things are not as good as human eyes. It's just not. Uh And I know that everybody can afford an editor and I'm one of those people, but that's why I have a ton of beta readers. Because um, Well, I wouldn't consider five a ton. That's not a lot. It, I mean, you need a decent amount. Like now the first book that I did, I ended up with, I did hire an editor for that one. And I still had um, five more beta readers after. I think I ended up with like 12, 12 non-paid people reading that book in the end and a paid person. And the paid person wasn't even the last person, which just goes to show, I mean, there's just because you pay somebody money and they're a professional editor doesn't mean it's it's always going to work better than people who are just willing to help you. Um, right. But there's some really fantastic editors out there. There really are. Um, but then it's just like any other vocation. Um, you just don't know until it's a finished product and, you know, you've already contracted to pay that money and it can be quite expensive sometimes. So mm-hmm. you, you have to figure out what you can do, what your budget is, um, and try to get referrals. Like if you are going to pay an editor, look at books that you like and try to find out who that editor was, you know, uh-huh. and see if it's somebody you can afford. Um, and like covers, get good covers. I use a very inexpensive cover design service because as much as I'd like to support an indie Um, I don't have money. I don't have a few hundred dollars. Like, seriously, I put out like 10 books in just over a year. Um, so I can't pay $500 pop. Um, (laughs) and so I use a service called get covers, um, and they're super affordable and they have a really fast turnaround time. Um, now down the road, I might recover these with somebody else, but for now, like, just don't let, 
a very small budget stop you from chasing your dream. Uh Um, because like I, that was one of the things, like I finally got served ready and felt comfortable publishing it, even though the other one still wasn't ready. I was like, I'm going to move forward with serve. Like, I like this story. I think it's going to be okay. Um, it's a contemporary romance. Like those readers are pretty forgiving. They're in it for the relationship. Um, and then I started researching covers and I had another breakdown because I was like, I can't afford this. You know, I was like, I just do, I went through all of this for nothing. So, um, and I found them accidentally on a Facebook ad or something. And it was so so inexpensive. I was like this, you know, you always get that too good to be true feeling, Uh but I was like, you know what though? it's 25 bucks. Like if I'm out 25 bucks and I, and I don't get it. Okay, fine. But they gave me a cover and I was like, yeah. Oh wow, this was real. So, um, I did yeah. the same thing for one of my, um, I had my husband drew, not this podcast logo, but one of my other podcast logos and about, I don't know, six, eight months in, I was like, we need to like, it was like drawn and we like took a picture of it and digitized it with an iPad And I'm like, you know, we just need it to be like more polished. And like, I loved the format of the logo and like what was on the logo, but I'm like, we need it like polished and professional. So found some guy on Fiverr that had like the right style of podcast covers he did. And I'm like, this guy should be able to do it, but it was like 30 bucks. So I'm like, if I'm out 30 bucks, cause he does a terrible job. Like, you know, that's only 30 bucks. That, yeah, and then he Fiverr, did a fantastic job. I don't hear job. people talk about it enough. Fiverr definitely is a great resource. If you're looking for um, editors, cover design, graphic design. Um, some people even do um, like, you know, release stuff for you. Like there's all kinds of stuff that you can get through Fiverr. And a lot of them are very affordable. Mm-hmm. I just like when I first started researching things, I don't know how, but I was landing on all the expensive people. And I seriously, I was like, I just need a dude on a cover for this contemporary book. And I don't have $300. And that yeah. was the cheapest one. Some Jeez. of them were quoting me like five and $600. And I'm like, for contemporary romance. So I was like, I I really, I had another moment and I cried about it. And then I was like, okay, I'm not going to give up. And then I saw that ad and I was like, I'm just going to try it and we'll see. And they've done all (laughs) of my cover since then. And so when people ask me, um, I'll tell them because people say that they love my covers. Um, so, and I'm like, yeah, they're super affordable and they can do anything. They also keep up with genres and stuff. So, um, they do a great job and they have a quick turnaround time. So, um, but you know, again, like if you can afford to use an indie person, like great, I just, not everybody's in the same position. Um, so I just don't want anybody to be discouraged because of things like that, because I know that I got, I was feeling some kind of way, but I also was like, I've come this far. I can't give up yet. You know, so, <laughs> even if like um, you got to use free Canva for goodness sakes, like you can, there's some pretty oh cool stuff gosh, you can do in my there. Friends, my friend, um, she made all of her own covers and they're from pictures that she's taken. And then she uses Canva. I will say this, just because you have Canva, like, doesn't mean you you can make covers. Like, uh, you know, you really need to make sure that you're taking your time, learn about your genre, try to make them look nice. Like the things that Uh she can do in Canva, I cannot. Uh, (laughs) And like all the time, I'm like, how do you do that? And she'll say words. And I'm like, you may as well be speaking another language here. Like, I just (laughs) never mind. Don't tell me just 
just whatever, just do your thing. Um, but she does a great job. Um, so like, if you have the skill set, then, then yes, make the free ones. Um, and like I had, one of my friends did make my, my motorcycle club series for me because, um, she felt sorry for me <laughs> because <laughs> I did try to do my, own, I did try to do my own that because they're novellas. Uh-huh. And, um, I was like, even though my normal cover design is so inexpensive, I was like, they're, I'm, they're priced at 99 cents. I was like, I'm not going to make this money back ever. So I was <laughs> like, you know, I'm just going to, I'm just going to make some. And she told me she loved the ones that I did, but I told her I didn't like them. So she whipped up some and she did such an amazing job. The same thing. <laughs> like, like I have all these friends that are super talented and I'm like, I don't know how you guys do this stuff, but I'm so glad that you like me. Like, <laughs> so That's, um, you know, secretly part of the reason that I have this podcast is so that when I need things for my own book, I can be like, hey, <laughs> <laughs> you Listen, talked about all, this on an episode, <laughs> like I'll pay you to show me I'm, I, unlike you, am pretty tech savvy. So like, I'm very much like, just show me how to do it. And then I'll, you know, pick it up pretty quickly and be able to get it done. Like, I don't mind paying you to show me how to do it. But like, there's just some things I may not be able to figure out on my own. Now, I actually, I'm so bad at that kind of stuff. (laughs) I actually did (laughs) design a cover. um, I designed a cover for an author I'm narrating for because like they had um, it was like a five book series and then there's like a secondary series, but the secondary series cover matches the other ones like not at all. And they're like interrelated. So I'm like, yeah. dude, this has to like somewhat match the other ones. And so I like I tried my hand at it. And then he's like, you know, I'm just going to hire the other person that did the other one. <laughs> so I'm like, that's totally fine. But I did, you know, added smoke and stuff to make it look less weird. Um yeah, so I'm like, I could I could figure it out, but it just might take some time for, you know, the first few until you get the hang of it. <laughs> now we skipped yeah, over. Just... Where do you get the ideas for your books? Oh, um, <laughs> totally random. Um, the first one I so I tried to plot that first one because, you know, that's what you're supposed to do. That's what you think, right? Yeah, like that's yeah. what you learn in school. <laughs> plot. You have to have a plot or you can't write the book. So I tried to do a plot, I started writing, and the story went a completely different direction. It's not even remotely the same as what the plot was. Um, So I was like, (laughs) okay, maybe that's not for me. And then the more I kind of started making friends with other authors, I I learned about pantsers, you know, Mm -hmm. and I was like, oh, yeah, that's me 100%. Okay, cool. So that's a thing. And I'm allowed to just write what I want, you know. Mm -hmm. So, um, So when I wrote Serve, I don't even remember, but it was like, I was reading a bunch of contemporary romance and I had an idea about this bar, basically it's called the club, but it's really like a bar. It's like a dive bar. Uh And, um, the first couple characters popped into my head and I was like, who are these people? (laughs) And, um, I was like, whatever it is, I'm going to go with it. So I just sat down and started writing. And then, so Amy showed up and Jazz showed up. Um, Jazz was one of the bartenders and Amy was Lucy's best friend. And I was like, okay, they have to have stories too. So this is going to be a little series, right? Uh-huh. And um, so that's kind of how that was born. Um, Love Again, I had finished Serve, published it, and I was working on book two of the club series. And I was having some serious writer's block 
Like I just couldn't get through and like Amy stopped talking to me, you know, and Amy's the like, best character. So I was like, I thought it was going to be so simple, but I was like, why is it so hard? And all of a sudden <laughs> these new people showed up in my brain. And cause I kind of see like a movie playing out in my same, head. I don't same. always, I don't always see it from the beginning. I, I I'll start seeing random clips, which if I didn't write these things down on paper, my husband could probably have me committed because I'm like, I hear voices and see people. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm currently but, prepping so, to narrate a book like that. <laughs> <laughs> but, so, I mean, seriously though, like I see like a random clip and I'm like, wait, those people that's not the club that's not even the same town you know and I'm like who is this and all this and like I was like no I'm writing this book like I was like I had it in my head I need to write my series before I move on to anything else like I put together like okay these are new characters from a new story that want to talk but Mm -hmm. I'm working on this after a couple days like nothing nothing was coming out of Amy's like I couldn't even get a hundred words written and I can write pretty fast Um, so it was like pulling teeth though. And I was like, okay, I don't know what to do. And one of my friends was like, well, I had told her about this other thing. And she was like, well, maybe, maybe that's a sign. Like you just need to write that story then. And I was like, Mm -hmm. I need to do the series. And she was like, says who you, you self-publish, like do whatever. And I was like, well, readers expectations and blah, blah, blah. And she was like, again, she was like, that's great and all, but you just said you can't even get the freaking story out. So are you going to try to write this other story? You're just going to not write anything. And I was like, (laughs) okay, when you say it like that, right. Well, thank you for being brutally honest. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, okay. I was like, Amy, I'm going to put you over here for a minute. And I started in timeout until you're ready to talk. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So I, I put that document away. I opened a brand new document. I didn't know what it was going to be called. So I just said new doc. And I started typing out stuff and I wrote Love Again, which is one of my longest books in three weeks. Like that's how loud they were in my head. They were like, we've been trying to tell you this story and you weren't listening. You were trying to ignore us. Um, So, but it was like a fever dream writing that book. And I, cause I was like, I had no plans for this. I didn't know who they were. I didn't know how it was going to be. I didn't know what genre it was. I knew nothing. And um, I wrote it the first draft in three weeks, I should say. I didn't have it Mm -hmm. published in three weeks, but I wrote the first draft. um, And it was like 77,000 words in three weeks. And I, but but in that time, like not a lot of laundry got done. Um, Dinner was very basic. Um, Like, (laughs) Because people are always like, oh my God, how did you do that? I'm like, because I didn't do anything else. Like, yeah. I <laughs> so, sat at the desk and everybody um, else had to fend for themselves. <laughs> I like, it was, it was, it was slim pickings over here, you know, but I did, I was like, I have to get this out. And it was almost to the point where it was making me crazy and I couldn't sleep because they really were just trying to get to the end of this book. Um, and so I got it out and I went through um, most of the existing beta readers I had found. And then I had to, I called in a favor to somebody that I met on TikTok and she had kind of been passing one time said like, Hey, if you ever need help, let me know. And she was uh-huh. a pretty seasoned author and she was very nice. And, um, she's always giving tips and stuff on TikTok. And, um, one of my beta readers ended up going, um, in to have her baby a month early. And I was like, wow, that really messes me up, but I hope that you're okay. Cause yeah. that's serious. Like a whole month early. I was like, wow. So then I was like, hey, new friend on TikTok, you you said 
a couple of months ago if I ever needed anything and you can say no and tell me to get away you were just trying to be nice or whatever um but if you were serious I can really use your help um so so she was like send it to me yeah I'll take a look and she's one of my favorite beta readers now and she did such a great job and she was so nice about everything because again like I had already been burned a couple of times but um so that one got out and that one is also a fan favorite that's probably the second fan favorite is love again um but I did I wrote it so fast and I had no plans for it it was just like these random people showed up one day and started yelling (laughs) to tell their story you know um and then the rest of them right next door I it's based off Rebecca and that's because she really does have a neighbor and I like every time they make videos together I'm like who is that guy again she's like oh he's just a friend he's my neighbor and I'm like but is he it's always just a friend like (laughs) (laughs) and I kept saying you're like literally sitting in his lap in this video are you kidding me right now and she was like it's not like that I was like if you're gonna fight it I'm gonna write it there you go and so that's how that book I've got one for you my sister married the guy that she hired to mow her lawn after her (laughs) husband left her <laughs> I'm like, you guys oh are my just, God, that's got wrong just like, oh, all I know, it. I know. I'm like, man, like <laughs> every time I hear these stories, and I have readers on the internet, they tag me in those cute videos and stuff all the time, and they're like, April, you should write this. And I'm like, guys, you should see the size of my notebook right now. <laughs> so um because some of those are really cute too. But yeah, that's how that one was born. And um, so it starts out very similar to her life. But then of course I had to change stuff because she's still pretending like they're just Because he couldn't um, be just a friend in the book. Like. <laughs> oh no, yeah. So, um, and then the club series, like I said, I had already kind of planned those characters to have their own uh, books because it's like an interconnected standalone series. Mm-hmm. Um and th- what else have I written holy crap I'm like what did I write um oh cut to the heart of it who JC Fuller is my inspiration for that main character she's a mystery <laughs> author um and yes that is her likeness on the front too um I had to write an anthology piece and I didn't know what to write like I said my friend Sky was like you need to you need to write for this you need to be in this anthology and so there were all these charity anthologies last year and she kept saying, you need to do this. And I was like, I don't even have ideas. And she was like, just, we'll figure it out as you go. You're fine. And so I had <laughs> agreed to do these anthologies and I had no ideas. So I was on a live on TikTok one day and I was like, I need tropes, guys. Give me some tropes. I was like, it's got to be a short story. It's going to be like 30,000 words. I need some tropes. And JC said, I volunteer as tribute. And I was like, I don't understand. She was like, I want to be a main character. And I was like, you want to be a main character in one of my books? Have you read one of my books? And she was like, yes, I have. And I was like, okay, then. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know what happens in my books. I was like, you know, your books, people get stabby stabby. In my books, people get pokey pokey, okay? Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> and she's like, yes. And then I said, okay, well, what tropes would you like then, ma'am, since you're running the show? And she said she wanted a lumber snack. And I was like, okay, I can do this. <laughs> yes. And um, I said, okay. Do you have a TikTok said, inspiration for your lumber snack there? <laughs> <laughs> she actually sent me some. Um, <laughs> and, I would um, prefer you choose from one of these, please. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and then um she said let's do the one bed trope or like the forced proximity and I was like oh yes. I love forced proximity yes. yes and she lives in Washington state so I was like oh I can work with this you know so I was like landslide gets these people trapped together okay cool and then she was like I have one other thing it's not really a trope and I was like okay what's your what's your other demand and she was like I would like to pop the buttons off his shirt and he, I was like you want to pop the buttons off the shirt and she's like you know when you rip a man's shirt off and the button pop off I was like damn JC I'm learning a lot about you today (laughs) (laughs) but uh so I was like okay I can write this so I mean she basically gave me the story I just had to fill in the blanks um you're like here's the the outline like here's the you know prompt (laughs) now you just have to make the story I I told her I was like hey I'm kind of proud like I feel like you plotted a book and I wrote it so like even though I didn't plot it I was like it's a plot that I wrote so I was like look at me being a being a big girl author and um I'm looking because I'm like what else did I write I feel like I'm missing something um the MC series, same thing. It was, I was in an anthology and I didn't know what to do. I had committed to do it. It was much shorter. Um, but, and I was on a live and I was like, somebody hit me with some tropes and somebody was like, brother's best friend. And I was like, sold. I love it. You know? <laughs> um, <laughs> so I, I, and then, and the, they gave us a theme for that one. And it was like big men with little dogs. So I had to think of a motorcycle guy. It, Cause like that's, a they, they had to have. He ended up with a Jack Russell. Okay. Um, (laughs) So, um, and he had to have a motorcycle. So that's how my MC series was born because I was just going to write the one book for the anthology. Um, But it turned out cute. And there were a couple of side characters in there that people were like, oh, that was adorable. Like you should write them a book too. And I was like, okay. Okay. (laughs) Like when people tell me that, I'm like, all right. Because Love Again was supposed to be a standalone, but people started asking me about side characters and when they were going to get a book. And I was like, I don't recall ever saying that was going to be a series. And they're like, yeah, we don't care what you want. We want these stories. So are <laughs> um, like, well, you must give the people who are paying what they want. <laughs> that's the thing. I was like, honestly, guys, I was like, if you want me to write these and you'll buy these books, I'll write them, you know? So, um, <laughs> so eventually there will be spinoffs of Love Again. Um, but it, cause it'll be when you characters, but, um, and then with the club series, same thing, like I keep introducing new people as the series goes along because things evolve, you know, and you see mm-hmm. less of some of the other main characters. Um, and people are like, Ooh, they need a book and Ooh, they need a book. So this three book series now is going to be at least six book series. <laughs> um, did you have to change it, it from growing. trilogy to just series? <laughs> I'm like, this is, and I have one of my friends, um, she's also an author. Um, and she's like, you can never say the last book of the club series. Like you just have to keep writing. And I'm like, dude, at some point I'm going to have to stop. And she was like, no, 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 no. That's the beauty yeah. of romance though. Like I talked to an author last week that we were talking about like fantasy and how fantasy there's generally like the over, like the arc that you're going to follow for the however long the series is. And then yeah. once that arc is done, it typically stops or should stop. Where, like, with romance, you can just keep going with these, like, you know, the next set of side characters well, that it, need a story. Yeah, that's for the thing. It's all the side characters. Long. Yeah. Um, but, like, 
you know, like, so Rebecca has a pen name of Isla Asher for her contemporary romance. And she has a six book series. And like, literally at the end of book six, it says at the end, like that was the end of that series. And I was like, why are you trying to hurt me? And she was like, she was like, it can't go on forever. And I'm like, sure it can. Like, I'm just adding some new people. Because at that point, when you have that kind of like, it's like small town romance. So it's not, it's not necessarily about those characters. It's just about the, the town and mm-hmm. the, where you're at. And yes, you see some of those other people pop in from time to time, but that's how it can just keep evolving over time. So I was like, why did you stop? Like new people, to hurt new people could move into town. Like, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, dude, like there's, you're killing me, you know? Um, but you know, every author has to make that decision. Like some, I, I see it all the time. Authors will be like, I've seen one where it was like, she wrote 20 books. And then she was like, it's, this is it. I'm closing the chapter of it. And everybody was like, no, but at the end of the day, like the author has to make the decision. Like, are they, are they done with that series? You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like, and that's the thing I said before, like it, I don't write to market. And like I said, I, you, you do get better about writing things that are popular and that things people want. Um, but like you said, things evolve so much that that's going to continue to change. So that's why I say, write the stories that you want to write because somebody else out there will want to read them. Um, and like you said too, they cycle through, like it may not be popular now, but it can become popular again later. Um, and but there just comes a time where if your heart's not in that anymore, the mm-hmm. stories will be forced and, and your readers will know. Right. Um, and that's, and I think that's part of the reason, even though I'm not the strongest writer, I love my characters. I love these towns and these places that I've come up with. Um, and, and I think that translates onto the pages and that's why people enjoy my books, even though I'm not the best writer ever, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I say like, you have to really write what feels good to you. And so if, if you feel done with that place, then you have to make that decision to stop, you know, and your readers will, they'll be upset with you, but then they're going to buy the new stuff that you write. And they're probably going to love it even more, you know, because you'll feel that renewed passion because there's a lot of series that I read that by that last book, you kind of, it feels different, even though it's written by the same person. Uh And then you read a new book that they come out with and you can tell it's like, they have like renewed um, love for this, story you know so that's where like you have to appreciate back to old guy authors george R. R. martin who writes basically when he feels like it so like it may take mm-hmm. 10 years to get out the next game of thrones book but he's writing and doing what he enjoys doing at the time like he's not just trekking along and forcing out these books just to finish the yeah. series yeah um that's which I know I mean people are so angry about that but uh, <laughs> that's the thing like I mean he I'm like he is getting pretty old like is he gonna finish <laughs> the series <laughs> but but yeah I'm very I just, morbid you know, I'm sorry <laughs> but like right now like I feel like I still have a lot of life left in that town 
Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it does, it's exciting for me when I have readers reach out and be like, Ooh, when are you going to write this book? And I'm like, I did, did I put that in the back matter? You know, because I'm like, <laughs> what are you talking about? And he, it's just that people really connected to those characters and they would like to see stories from them. So as long as I'm still like feeling good about that town, I'll just keep writing in that series. And, but I do have ideas for new stuff too. And that like, you had asked me how my ideas came. I was riding down the road, listening to Queen of the Dam soundtrack a few weeks ago. And this new idea popped in my head and it was for a shifter, wolf, wolf shifters of all things, listening to Queen of the Dam, you know, with vampires. But, <laughs> and I messaged my friend, Sam, because Sam, I love her wolf shifter series. I'm obsessed with it. And I have not done any series like that. And I love her book so much. And I'm like super scared to even try because I'm like I don't know that I can do that kind of book justice and I told her though I was like dude I just had this crazy idea pop into my head like this character showed up and they're new and I was like and it's totally different she's like "Ooh, tell me about it you know and I told her it was wolf shifter and she's like I need you to write this book like right now and I was like well I can't write it right now and I was like I don't know dude I was like do you want the idea and she was like She's like, no, you need to write it. And I was like, but yours are so good. And I've read some other really great ones. Like I, I write contemporary romance, dude. And she was like, you better write this book, you know? <laughs> um, so, but it was so weird. Like, but, but I have a lot of ideas like that. And um, even while I'm writing books, sometimes I'll get ideas for a book that maybe I've put aside mm-hmm. um, that I'll hear a song and a scene will pop into my head and I'll be like, Oh, that would be good in this book, you know? So, um, we, I get inspiration from the weirdest places, but like a lot of like true to life stuff. Sometimes I get ideas, like seriously, people tag me on these videos on TikTok where I'm like, did they stage all of this? But then at the end of the <laughs> day though, I'm like, but Who I'm cares? like, you know what though? I don't care. Cause it's cute. Yeah. So, um, like I'm totally buying into all of this cheesiness, you know? So, um, but I am, I'm like, that's a really cute story though. So, and you know, you have to kind of take it and make it your own, but, um, but I get a lot of inspiration from stuff like that. So, um, and like I said, like sometimes I even for Sam, I told Sam, I was like, I think you're going to be in my motorcycle series. And she was like, yes, give me a big burly motorcycle guy. Yes. And I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> because I love her so much. And I'm like, you would make such a fun character. And it's, it's an MC series, but it's a rom-com MC series because mm-hmm. I do everything crazy. Um, so I was like, you would make such a good character for a rom-com. Like, you're just adorable. It would be perfect. And she was like, if that means I get a motorcycle man, I'm all in. So um, <laughs> just like, just kind of everything, you know, it just, sometimes I get these ideas and it's based off of just whatever. It could be a person, a song, maybe something I'm watching, something somebody tells me. It's all over the place. Um and like, I have a friend, she writes paranormal romance and she does like, she doesn't write rom-com and she hardly reads rom-coms, but occasionally she gets ideas. And she's the one who gave me idea for my holiday romance that I just wrote. Um, she was like, this would be super cute rom-com. You should write it. And I was like, it's almost Christmas. And she was like, you write really fast. You'll be fine. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I no did pressure. it. I off. I, I put, I started writing it at Thanksgiving, like a week before Thanksgiving. And I published that book, um, like five days before Christmas. <laughs> so I was, cause then it became a game. Like, can I do it? Do, really? So, um, <laughs> but she gave me the, like, she was like, I had this idea 
So she gave me like the basic character stuff and then said, do what you want with the rest of it. So I wrote that book and got it out. And I was like, oh, that turned out cute. And people really enjoyed it. And like, people are still reading it. And I'm like, guys, this is the middle of January. Like, but people are still reading it and it has a Christmas tree on the front of it, you know? So I'm like, well, that's cool. Um, but I mean, it, it's I mean, still it's cold. Story. My Christmas tree is still, still cold up. outside. <laughs> <laughs> I had Man, an idea. I was so ready to get right now. Oh, I was listening. I don't know if you've ever heard this song, but I had an idea for a Christmas book, which I I write so slow with everything else that I do that like it would probably not be out till next year. But I was listening to um, the Pentatonics did a cover of this song where it's like um, they're like following people on horses and they all have red scarves around their throats to keep their mm-hmm. heads from like falling off into the snow. And I, I have this, I'm listening to that song and I'm like, oh, I have this really cool idea for this like Christmas themed book. And then I'm like, when do I, when am I going to have time to write that? I'm like, it'll have to be like next Christmas. Like, cause realistically there's no way I can finish the book I'm currently working on and that by the end of the year. But I'm like, oh my, I'm like, I type very, very fast. The issue is I have no time because I'm narrating other people's stuff all the time <laughs> yeah so I mean that's that I mean you have to take that into consideration um and I would say too like you asked me a while ago some advice I will give this advice I don't give advice a lot but I will say this never compare yourself to somebody else right um everybody's everybody's got 24 hours in a day but it's not the same 24 hours mm-hmm. so like you you don't know and you know, even when like, seriously, I type really fast, but when I was writing book two of Amy's, um, it was like, I just, there was nothing there and nothing coming. So I had to put it to the side and start something else. But like, there are times that I write super fast and sometimes I don't, you know, Mm -hmm. it just depends on if the words are coming or not, but yeah, don't compare yourself to anybody else. And I will say last year, I wanted to write a holiday book. Well, I should say the year before last, I guess now, um, twenty twenty one. <laughs> I wanted, I wanted to write a holiday book, but I was thinking about it closer to the end of the year. And I was like, Oh, I'll never have that done in time. Mm-hmm. Um, the more I write and like, once you publish that first book, I don't know what happens, but like something switches in your brain and all of a sudden you're like, I want to do that again. So, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's that endorphin rush or something, right? Like we're chasing the dopamine. We're chasing the dopamine. Yeah. Um, and, um, so I started like, I kind of, like I said, I started writing and writing and writing and publishing a ton. Um, the more you write and the more you publish, the easier it gets too. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially once you've been through the process of finishing a whole book and editing a whole book, um, you feel more confident with it. So that's the thing, like the first time I wanted to do that, there was no way I would have been able to do that book in that short amount of time. But this year I was like, let's see if I can do it. You know? (laughs) And the thing is too, is like, I didn't put up a pre-order or anything like that. So I didn't have any pressure on myself to get it done. Like if it didn't happen, it didn't happen. And it wouldn't have been Mm -hmm. the end of the world. And I could have put it off for this year. Like, cause I mean, if I wrote half of it, I'm going to finish it and I could have put it off or whatever, or released it still, I could have released it in January and whatever. It'll be there next Christmas when people get interested in holiday books again, you know? Right, Right. Um, so, but I didn't, like, I never set pre-orders until my book is done. And mm-hmm. I know so many authors do, and they feel like it's, it's kind of like a goal setting thing and they write themselves into a corner. Like they have to write because they put this, you know, Deadline. pre-order up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and I'm like, you know, and I'm big on goals and stuff, but I can't handle that kind of pressure. <laughs> right. So, 
Um, I might get there at some point, but I'll, and a lot of people thrive off of that. But I find that I work best if I have my loose deadline in my head um, without having that added outside pressure yeah. um, of like losing all my pre-orders or whatever, you know? So um, well, that again is something that's, you know, that's going to be very individual to the person. Like some authors, yeah. that is how they have to have it to write for yeah, me. My, because they like, won't do it if they don't have that right. deadline. Me for my like New Year's resolution, I was like, I haven't worked on my book in probably six months. So I'm like, we're going to set a goal of 10 minutes a day. For 10 minutes a day, which is a reasonable, I have a very, very busy day, but I can reasonably definitely set aside 10 minutes to right now read back through what I've done because I don't remember anything. <laughs> but, you know, I'm like 10 minutes and sometimes it might be longer than that. But like that is a reasonable goal that you can definitely hit every day, mm -hmm. even if that's, oh, it's bedtime. Let's work on the book for 10 minutes real quick and then go to bed. Like 10 yeah. minutes is not going to hurt anything in your day <laughs> no and I mean I'm a big fan of sprints um I usually sprint for 20 minutes at a time like especially if I am having trouble kind of getting the juices flowing I'll mm -hmm. be like okay I'm gonna commit to doing a 20 minute sprint and sometimes when I get on one sprint if the words are flowing that one sprint for 20 minutes turns into like five and then yeah. I say you know you've been writing for two hours you know yeah so um you know, but I am like, I'm a big believer in setting goals, but setting realistic goals that you might actually be able to accomplish. Because if you set them too high and you never meet them, then that's You're how you are going to beat yourself up. Yeah. Yep. Um, so you do it like the, t like 10 and 20 minutes is great because again, like you said, that's something that somebody can say, I don't have a lot of time, but I can do this. And mm -hmm. that's why I tell people don't, don't worry too much about the word counts. Like I see so many people that are like, I want to write a thousand words a day. And I'm like, but then they start freaking out because they're not hitting it. I'm like, Hey, why don't you try doing, uh, like 20, 30 minutes a day instead of a word count, just like mm -hmm. how, how, like sit down for a certain amount of time and see what happens. Um, because I think that you're stressing yourself out yeah. by putting this number on it. Like, so, you know, don't change the plan. Like you don't change the goal, change the plan. So like, if this isn't working for you, then try something else. Um, and sometimes that works for people, but sometimes the number is what they need. So you just, you really have to find what works for you. It's just like the same thing with plotting and pantsing and discovery mm -hmm. writing. Like some people have to plot or they can't get the paper done, you know, but, but for me, I can't, I have a really hard time trying to plot and stick with it. Um, I kind of, cause I let the characters drive the story, you know, right. and sometimes they want to take a left turn over here, you know, so, <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> and, um, and I've learned to trust that though, but some people, some people really live and die by their plot, by their plots. So, yeah. um, you, if, if plotting feels tedious and your story feels slow, then try just writing whatever, you know, and vice uh -huh. versa. If you sit down to write and nothing's coming out, try jotting down some notes and see what happens. Like none of this is end all be all for anybody that you just have to find what works for you and your life. Um, and that's why I say, don't compare yourself to anybody else because somebody who writes full time, of course, they're going to get a lot more done than you do. If you have kids and a job and you know, extracurricular activities and stuff like that. Yes. So, you know, and yeah, like it sucks. Like it's okay to be like, man, I wish that I had that kind of time, but you can't beat yourself up about it either because that's not something you can control. Just worry right. about the things that you can control, you know? All right. Well, I think 
you have been amazing today, but oh. I need air conditioning. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time today. I will see you around TikTok. And I, I will. Thank and Discord. you so much. Discord too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you have a good rest of your Saturday. I think you said you have a, a somewhere you're driving to next. We we yes, we have kid shenanigans going on. So the, let the taxi services begin. <laughs> <laughs> well, have fun and good luck with your writing. And thank you. I will. Good luck you with around. yours. All <laughs> thank right. You. Bye. Bye. Getting older, April liked Sleeping Beauty. Sleeping Beauty, also titled in English as The Sleeping Beauty in the Woods, is a fairy tale about a princess cursed by an evil fairy to sleep for a hundred years before being awakened by a handsome prince. A good fairy, knowing the princess would be frightened if alone when she wakes, uses her wand to put every living person and animal in the palace and forest to sleep, to waken when the princess does. The earliest known versions of the tale is found in the narrative Purse Forest, written between 1330 and 1344. Another was published by Giambattista Basile in his collection titled The Pentamarone, published posthumously in 1634, and adapted by Charles Perrault in Historis Ocantes du Temps Passé in 1697. The version collected and printed by the Brothers Grimm was one orally transmitted from the Perrault, the Arne Thompson classification system for fairy tales lists Sleeping Beauty as a type 410. It includes a princess who's magically forced into sleep and later woken, reversing the magic. The fairy tale has been adapted countless times throughout history and retold by modern storytellers across a variety of media. Today we'll be reading The Twelve Huntsmen by the Brothers Grimm, a similar story in that the prince should not have ended up with his bride. Don't forget we're reading Les Mortes d'Arthur, the story of King Arthur and of his noble knights of the round table on our Patreon. You can find the link in the show notes. The Twelve Huntsmen There was once a king's son who had a bride, whom he loved very much. And when he was sitting beside her and very happy, news came that his father lay sick unto death and desired to see him once again before his end. Then he said to his beloved, I must go now and leave you. I give you a ring as a remembrance of me. When I am king, I will return and fetch you. So he rode away. And when he reached his father, the latter was dangerously ill and near his death. He said to him, Dear son, I wish to see you once again before my end. Promise me to marry as I wish and he named a certain king's daughter who was to be his wife. The son was in such trouble that he did not think what he was doing and said, Yes, dear father, your will shall be done. And thereupon the king shut his eyes and died. When therefore the son had been proclaimed king and the time of mourning was over, he was forced to keep the promise which he had given his father and caused the king's daughter to be asked in marriage and she was promised to him. His first betrothed heard of this and fretted so much about his faithfulness that she nearly died. Then her father said to her, Dearest child, why are you so sad? You shall have whatsoever you will. She thought for a moment and said, Dear father, I wish for eleven girls exactly like myself in face, figure, and size. The father said, 
If it be possible, your desire shall be fulfilled. And he caused a search to be made in his whole kingdom, until eleven young maidens were found who exactly resembled his daughter in face, figure, and size. When they came to the king's daughter, she had twelve suits of huntsmen clothes made, all alike. And the eleven maidens had to put on the huntsmen's clothes, and she herself put on the twelfth suit. Thereupon she took her leave of her father, and rode away with them and rode to the court of her former betrothed, whom she loved so dearly. Then she asked if he required any huntsmen, and if he would take all of them into his service. The king looked at her and did not know her. But as they were such handsome fellows, he said, Yes, and that he would willingly take them, and now they were the king's twelve huntsmen. The king, however, had a lion which was a wondrous animal, for he knew all concealed and secret things. It came to pass that one evening he said to the king, You think you have twelve huntsmen? Yes, said the king. They're twelve huntsmen. The lion continued, You are mistaken. They're twelve girls. The king said, That cannot be true. How will you prove that to me? Oh, just let some peas be strewn in the antechamber, answered the lion, and then you will soon see. Men have a firm step, and when they walk over peas, none of them stir. But girls trip and skip and drag their feet, and the peas roll about. The king was well pleased with the council, and caused the peas to be strewn. There was, however, a servant of the king's who favored the huntsmen, and when he heard that they were going to be put to this test, he went to them and repeated everything and said, The lion wants to make the king believe that you are girls. Then the king's daughter thanked him and said to her maidens, Show some strength and step firmly on the peas. So next morning when the king had the twelve huntsmen called before him, and they came into the antechamber where the peas were lying, they stepped so firmly on them and had such a strong, sure walk that not one of the peas either rolled or stirred. Then they went away again, and the king said to the lion, You have lied to me. They walk just like men. The lion said, They have been informed that they were going to be put to the test and have assumed some strength. Just let twelve spinning wheels be brought into the antechamber, and they will go to them and be pleased with them, and that is what no man would do. The king liked the advice, and had the spinning wheels placed in the antechamber. But the servant, who was well disposed to the huntsmen, went to them and disclosed the project. So when they were alone, the king's daughter said to her eleven girls, "'Show some restraint, and do not look round at the spinning wheels.' The next morning, when the king had his twelve huntsmen summoned, they went through the antechamber and never once looked at the spinning wheels. Then the king again said to the lion, You have deceived me. They are men, for they have not looked at the spinning wheels. The lion replied, They have restrained themselves. The king, however, would no longer believe the lion. The twelve huntsmen always followed the king to the chase, and his liking for them continually increased. Now it came to pass that once when they were out hunting, news came that the king's bride was approaching. When the true bride heard that, it hurt her so much that her heart was almost broken, and she fell fainting to the ground. The king thought something had happened to his dear huntsman, ran up to him, wanted to help him, and drew his glove off. Then he saw the ring which he had given to his first bride, and when he looked her in her face, he recognized her. 
and his heart was so touched that he kissed her, and when she opened her eyes, he said, You are mine, and I am yours, and no one in the world can alter that. He sent a messenger to the other bride, and entreated her to return to her own kingdom, for he had a wife already, and someone who had just found an old key did not require a new one. Thereupon the wedding was celebrated, and the lion was again taken into favor, because, after all, he had told the truth. Thank you for joining Freya's Fairy Tales. Be sure to come back next week for Kelsey's journey to holding her own fairy tale in her hands, and to hear one of her favorite fairy tales.